On That Dead Body Show, we talk about death and murder, and at times, we may use explicit language. Welcome to That Dead Body Show, Episode 1, Cassie Jo Stoddart. On Friday, September 22, 2006, Cassie Jo Stoddart went to school, a happy, healthy, normal teenager. She was well-liked and very responsible and was going into the weekend planning to house-sit for her aunt and uncle while they were away on vacation. That day, she talked to her boyfriend, Matt, and made plans for him to come over that night to hang out. During the course of the night, two friends from school, Brian and Tori, showed up to come and hang out. After about an hour of being there, Tori and Brian decided they were going to go watch a movie at the theaters. Within about 15 minutes of them leaving, the power in the whole house went off. The house was big and offset from the road, so Matt called his mom and asked if he could stay the night with Cassie that night because she was terrified. Matt's mom said no. Within a couple minutes, the power came back on and Cassie said she was fine. Matt's mom had offered for Cassie to come and stay the night with them, but she was so responsible that she said no. They had already paid her up front for her to watch the house the whole weekend. At this point, Matt calls Tori and tells Tori that he's going home for the night and he wouldn't be there. Matt's mom comes and Cassie Jo walks him outside and tells him goodnight. On Sunday afternoon... When her aunt and uncle returned, her 13-year-old cousin made it into the house first. She was excited because she thought Cassie Joe and her could hang out. When she turned and looked into the living room, she found Cassie Joe brutally attacked, stabbed multiple times, and screamed for her dad. Those are the facts. Now we're going to rewind and tell you the whole story. Okay, so by September, Matt and Cassie had been dating about six months. Brian had moved there about two months previously from Utah. So, uh, another Mormon enclave. Uh, Pocatello is a Mormon community. So, not much happens there. This kind of surprised them. Surprise! About six weeks before Cassie's murder, Brian and Tori had decided they were going to kill somebody. They didn't know who, and they wrote down pretty detailed plans. They were both obsessed with movie making and movies and recorded most of their plans. Brian loved horror movies and Tori was obsessed with the Columbine massacre. What would come out later after Cassie's murder is that in middle school, several students had reported to school officials and told them that Tori was planning to shoot up to school and also a school dance. There was also a recorded conversation between Tori and an unnamed person. School officials did nothing. They didn't put it in his record. Nothing. They did absolutely nothing. During their plan making, they decided, you know, it doesn't even matter who it is. We just want to make it the most goriest murder ever and get famous, get famous pretty much. They, they were like, you know, here we are. If the FBI finds this, we're dead. Like we're already dead when you open all this. There's lots of video of the planning stages of this, which occurred way prior to uh, to them deciding on Cassie. They um, 
they, they all the plan always fell through. Like I, I don't know, the person wouldn't be home, or the person, the parents wouldn't let them come out, or they just something happened on on every occasion that they had tried. I believe almost a dozen times before, about ten times before, and and they just couldn't do it. And then finally, the day they murdered her, I believe they decided they were going to kill her. The day before. The day before. They had already decided. They decided. All right. Well, there, there's a video that we, we will play uh, the audio from um, later on. And see, I, and see, going into that, I believe that since Cassie knew she was going to be house-sitting, they had kind of been talking about it all week. So I feel like that's when they had maybe decided on her was because they knew for sure she'd be house-sitting this house and stuck there. Just, just like in Scream. Just exactly like Scream. Like, I feel like they knew she would be there, and knowing her, like everybody did, that she was responsible, she wouldn't leave, no matter how scared she was, so she was a sitting duck. Yeah, she, uh... I mean, full-on believe that. And I think that since Matt and Tori were as friends as they were, and since Brian had a thing for Cassie... They all must have hung out at some point, or if they even if they didn't, at some point it was discussed that week. So they knew on September twenty first, they knew the night before they killed her, they knew she'd be alone. They um they 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 came over. Matt invited them to the house, which which kind of upset Cassie because it was her aunt and uncle's house, and she did get permission from Frank and I'm not sure the the the, the aunt's the aunt's name. Um, she got permission from, from them for, for Matt to come over because they knew she was a good girl and they knew she wouldn't throw a party because she was so responsible and she'd babysat for them several times before, uh, prior to this, you know, during the summer, um, saving up money for the car that she was hoping to buy. She, um, she didn't get to buy the car. Spoiler. I'm dead. Okay. So on Thursday, September 21st. They go, do they actually recon it September 21st? I know there's a video of them discussing how they're going to do it on the next night. But were they actually there? I don't believe so. I don't know if it tells where they were at. Either way. They were they were driving around as yeah. they had on several, several nights prior right. and right. making their death list. So in it, they can be heard saying that... Pretty much at this point, they had tried several times, and it had to be somebody, and that... We all have to make, make sacrifices. sacrifices. It was going to be Cassie. Cassie's our friend, but... Which, I can't wrap my head around. I can see if you just really wanted to kill somebody to know what it was like. Pick somebody you Don't, hate. Yeah. I, this is... this. I just can't even... Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they're, they're, these guys are. I mean, if you see them and you you see the videos, which, or or you even just hear them, they can't have had too many friends. Why the fuck would you kill one of them? Well, or two of them oh, if oh. you had to, because they had planned on killing Matt. If you tell somebody they can't do something, they're going to want to do it. Let's play the clip of the video. There should be no odd against killing people. I know it's a wrong thing, but. Hell, hell, you restrict somebody from it, they're gonna want it more. We found our victim, and sad as it may be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make 
sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie Stoddard. She's going to be alone in a big, dark house out in the middle of nowhere. How perfect can you get? I, I mean, like, holy shit, dude. I'm horny just thinking about it. Hell yeah. So this is the night before the murder. They've obviously been invited by Matt to come over and watch a movie with he and Tori. At some point, there's some video out there where it sounds like they, I don't know if they, they took it upon themselves, they thought it was going to be a party, or maybe they just assumed it was going to be a party since, oh, she's there alone. But Cassie being a good girl, of course, it was just watching a movie, you know, Netflix and chill. Well, I feel like at the point that they say that to the cops in the interrogation, that was just their excuse for showing up. Because obviously the police can't ask Cassie. And, you know, they're just, I think they're playing it off. Like, so we thought it was good. Because they ask them why they leave. Well, I just, I kind of felt like they, that they thought there was going to be a party. Uh, maybe because it, it, it lends to the fact that they get there and they're like, oh, wait, this is boring. Right. So I, now I'm I looking mean, back at the transcripts and I see where it says, you know, Cassie, we're going to go over to Cassie's thing and scare the shit out of them and kill them one by fucking one. If they yeah. just, I mean, even if they okay. thought Matt was going to, even if they thought Matt was going to be there, that's not one by fucking one. No, that's, you're right. That's, we're going to fucking so maybe kill they, both of them. So maybe they really did think there was going to be a party and that's. I mean, that, that, no, that kind of goes to the, no, hey, it does, oh, it does. wait, this isn't a party. No, it does. <laughs> it does. Okay. Okay, so in the next video that you see when you watch any documentary on it, it's the next morning. We're, we're not going to play it here because it's like literally like two, two seconds. seconds. I mean, three maybe. Um, Brian Draper is walking down the hallway and he come, he's videoing Cassie and he says, Hey, look, it's Cassie. Hello, Cassie. And she says, Hello. And then Brian laughs and he says, I'm getting you on tape. Okay, say hi, please. And she goes, Hi. And then I, in one of the ones I saw, he says, oh, have you seen Tori? And she's like, no. And she's kind of got like this air to her, like, why are you talking to me? Like, she truly does. Um, everybody else is always like, she's so nice. She's a sweetheart. But in that moment, she seems like, ew. Um, truly. And then we cut to... Fourth period, study hall, I guess, or something. They uh, No, they, they skipped their fourth hour they class. They were skipping their fourth hour class, sitting in what looked to be maybe the library. Yes. And uh, they were writing down their plan for the night. The, the, the audio quality on this, they're whispering, and uh, the audio quality quality is just so bad. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link to it in, in the show notes, but uh, there's just no reason to waste your time listening to... I mean, I could clean it up, but then essentially I would be... I don't know, changing they're whispering and it's really hard to hear. Um, Tori says, we're making our death list right now for when, for actually tonight. And then, and then Draper's like, like somebody's obviously sees them. He's like, she's watching us. She's, she's still watching us. So they're worried about one of the teachers seeing them because they're skipping class, of course. And that's like a no, no, I believe still. Right. Uh, was then, I guess. So, um, Draper actually says, you know, they're kind of going back and forth whispering, and he says, yeah, if you're watching this, we're probably deceased. Hopefully this will go smoothly and we can get our first kill done and then keep going. For And then Adam, Adam Chick says, for you future serial killers watching this tape. 
And they both laugh. And he says, I don't know what to say. It, then Draper, of course, he has a stuttering problem. Uh, says, it, it's, and Anne says, good, good luck, luck with, with that. that. Yeah, good luck. Then they, then they talk about the eight or nine times. failures that they had. Um, they said they probably tried maybe ten times. Um, but they've never mm-hmm. been home alone. Or when they have, their parents have shown up. As long as you're patient, he said, Draper says, and we're patient, and now we're getting paid off. Because our victim's home alone. So we got our plan all worked out now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cassie's family, but she had to be the one. We have to stick with the plan, and she's perfect, so she's going to die. So they uh, go through the rest of their school day, and that night, about 8.30, they show up at Cassie's aunt and uncle's house, with, and Matt and Cassie are already there. Yeah, so they show up. I, I don't think that Cassie knew they were coming. If if she did know, she still wasn't happy about it, I don't believe. Um, I've, I've seen that in several several reports that she was just like, why the hell are they here? Right. And at some point, for some reason, the boys are given a tour of the house. Like by Matt or something. Is right. It from, it's like, hey, we're here watching her uncle's house. Let me show you around. Right. Like, and that's when they unlocked the basement doors, doors. Which is how they got back, back in. So they're there maybe, what, an hour? Or hour, and a, hour, hour and a half. It varies on different reports. And they get bored with the movie that they're watching, which was, was Kill Bill 2. Kill Bill Volume 2. And they, they were like, screw this, this is boring. We're going to watch a movie at the theater. And they a leave. A new movie, a newer movie. So at this point, we're introduced to another video. They've left. Matt and Cassie are inside, and they're outside in the car, talking amongst themselves and recording it. And um, I, this video actually is better quality, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the audio from it. I was nine fifty, September twenty second, two thousand six. We know there's lots of doors. There, there's lots of places to hide. I locked the back doors. That's all I locked. Now we just gotta wait. So, as you can hear, they've made their plans, and uh, they don't really go to the movie theater, obviously. Obviously. Uh, Matt and Cassie are chilling inside, and suddenly, power goes off. That's when... They had they had snuck back into the basement right. and cut the power. Right. So they're they're sitting there. They've got no idea. Matt and Cassie, you know, power's off. They don't know what's going on. Big dark house. They're freaking out. The house is offset, and we're gonna in the show it's way the fuck back yeah. from the road. Like way offset. the fuck back. Offset. Um, it's way the fuck back from the road, and it's dark. So Matt calls his mom. Yeah, and he he wants to know. You know, can he stay the night with Cassie? And she's like, Dude, you're 16. You're not staying at your girlfriend's. She's still going to come get him at 11 o'clock. Matt calls Tori for some fucking unknown reason and says, I can't, I can't stay the night. I'm leaving. I'm going home. Our 11-year-old son says it's because he was like, hey, I'm not going to be here. Don't come back. My girlfriend's like, you know. My girlfriend. My like, girlfriend. don't come back. Yeah, don't come back. Um, Little does he know they haven't left. Even though they act like they're at the movie theater and they're all hushy-hush talking, it's because they're in the basement cutting off the power. Uh, right. So, uh, there, you know, I guess I don't know how the rest of that conversation went. I guess they were like, okay, cool. I'll I see you at school. at the movies. Yeah. We're at the movies. Watching, watching not Kill Bill. Uh 
So, um... Around 11. Yeah, around 11 o'clock, Matt's Matt, mom comes to get him. And she offers for Cassie to come home with them. Yeah, um, hey, one last chance. You can come stay with us. And Cassie being Cassie is like, no, they've pay, already paid me to stay. I'm going to stay. And there's, there were cats and dogs. I think there were three cats, a couple of dogs. Oops, right. Um, I had heard that the whole time during the, the power outage that uh, some accounts say that the dog kept going back to the basement door and barking and then coming into the living room to them and going to the door and barking and then coming in there to them. I mean, hell, have you not seen Lassie? Damn it. Well, my thing is, is at this point, both boys wanted it to be so much like Scream that they wanted one of them or both of them to pull the whole, you know, dark house, let's go check it out bullshit. And no it didn't happen. Well, obviously, some people do. I guess. I guess those those tropes come from somewhere, right? Right. Um, but they don't. They don't go down there. Um, and in the stuff that we'll link later, different pictures and letters and and transcripts, they they were going to kill Matt too if they needed to. It's you know they they were going to kill them both. It wasn't just Cassie. So so Matt Matt goes home and and Cassie just kind of you know chills in the living room, probably the the the, the room with the most windows. The, you know. What, what the fuck? I mean... What the fuck? I don't know. So she sleeps in the living room. The power is on and off. I guess they were they were probably trying to get her to come to the basement, like you said. So they're flickering the power. She doesn't come downstairs. She lays there and watches television. So she falls asleep. And then the power starts going off again. Sorry, the power had kind of steadied. She fell asleep. And then it starts going off, so she it wakes her up. Now, I will say this... I've read a little bit of Tori's mom's book. And at this point, he's supposed to be home. Him and Brian are supposed to be, because Brian's staying the night with him. He's supposed to be back by 11. According. So Matt got picked up at 11. 11. They were still, still there. So obviously it was after 11. Well, okay. So according to Tori's mom's book, they got home at 11 like good little boys and then mom and dad, gosh darn it, gee golly, they're going to bed and they just know Lacey, the sister, is going to come home responsibly because as they go upstairs to go to bed, they hear the garage door opening and in the mom's head, that tells them Lacey is coming home. Which in reality, it was probably Tori and Brian sneaking out. Back, right. back out. Back out, right. If they even came home, I'm so sure maybe they didn't. I mean, she thinks her son is totally innocent. This right. woman... I don't think that he even came home. I think that was Lacey and that she thought he was home and he was not home. Well, either that or she's, or either that or she's fabricated all of this in her head. Well, because that could be too. She, uh, she's very controlling. I saw the, the Lost for Life right. documentary, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And it's like... He can't even almost, talk. It's almost, yeah, it's almost sad for him. But Brian, I think, has a like sadder story. I mean, but okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So they, it's eleven eleven thirty ish. They come up from the basement dressed in black, black and with, a mask and with masks on. They're not they're not scream masks, even though this has been related as the scream, scream murder, murder because he was um, obsessed with scream and you know horror movies and scream in, in general. Um, and they chase her around the house for a little bit. It seems. Oh, listen, that's Dexter. So, they get her. They stab her 29 30, to 30 times. 29 to 30. I believe that, obviously, one of them 
Um, could be a hesitation. Could have been the first stab. Could have been the first like stab, or or you know, like stabbing someone's heart. Right. Stabbing someone's heart. Stabbing flesh is hard. I won't say I've stabbed someone, but I mean, come on, stabbing a fu- stabbing a watermelon is hard. I mean, I mean, not with that horrible demon knife you bought. Well, that's true. Anyway, so they stab her multiple times. Cut Nine that. to twelve of them were fatal. Right. Nine to tw- any any one of nine to twelve stab wounds could have been fatal. Now, here's the part that I don't understand, and multiple people that I've seen discuss this case don't understand. Um, I had a whole conversation with my friend Nicole about this too. Why the fuck didn't they record any of this? The murder part. I, I find it really hard to believe that being obsessed with filmmaking and the all the planning that they filmed, that they did not film the murder. Like, uh, why? It makes no sense right, whatsoever. Right. Even it, if they just filmed them being in the right. basement, like, shh, here we are in Cassie's basement. Like, I, it, it makes no sense. I think that they, they did it. They did record it, and either it was it was covered up or they were deleted by Or they by never someone. found the, the tape. Right, because... Why wouldn't you? I mean, come on. You film all the planning, which is like uh, minutiae compared to the act of killing someone. And according to them, in their planning stages, they wanted a record of all of this shit so they could go back and rewatch it and say that once they were, as they put it, dead, because at some point I guess they planned to either kill themselves or be killed by the police, they wanted this to go down in history. It's really funny, the whole, oh, we're going to be serial killers in film. It reminds me of an old French, I believe. A movie, A Man Bites Dog, where he's a serial killer and a film crew follows him around and films him oh, killing yeah. people. Yeah. It's like old. I mean, used to watch all these old cheesy horror movies. But uh, Our daughter calls them, what? what is it, B movies she calls them? That The list of dad movies she can't watch? Yeah. So, um, so they, they've killed her at this point, and they, they leave and record another video because, you know, hey, uh, we're recording videos of everything except the crime. And uh, we do have some audio from that video. Yeah, play it. I just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I'm I stabbed her in the throat and I saw her lifeless body just disappear. Dude, I oh just killed God. Cassie. Oh, oh, fuck. That felt like it wasn't real. Uh, I mean, it went by so fast. Shut the fuck up. We gotta get our act straight. Okay. So they kept these videos and hung out with Matt the next day. Matt's calling his girlfriend. She's not answering. I'm not real sure about why he wouldn't go over and check on her. I mean, hell. And the mom didn't check. You know, that's just, I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, But nevertheless, they they hung out with Matt the next day. Matt spends the night with Tori. Just like hanging out, acting like, oh, I guess, dude, maybe maybe she's not that into you, bro. I mean, I've wondered. I, mean, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I have sat here and so. I have pondered and I cannot figure out why if he cared about Cassie the way everybody said he did, I mean, why would Matt's mom not? I mean, they've been together, what, five or six months, months. at this point. Long so. enough to know, I mean, as a mom, if I, right. if I was Matt's mom, I would be like, hey, did you not hear with Cassie? What happened with the power? I'm... Yeah, exactly. Did you hear from Cassie today? Is she okay? I mean, she was scared. I know she stayed there. I mean, something. And Uh, I can't remember, honestly, and I apologize where I read it, but apparently Cassie's mom and stepdad went to, I want to say it said a casino. They went and did something that day. 
But at but, no but, point. But, but no, no. Cassie, I don't believe, even lived with her parents. I think she, she lived, lived with her and, grandparents. She lived on and off with her mom and her grandparents. She had just moved in recent, not too long before right. her, her and her siblings back with her mom. So Either way, though, nobody checked on this motherfucking child. From Until Sunday Monday. around 1 p.m. Yeah, when, when aunt, 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 I cannot think of the aunt's name. I don't think the name's aunt's Frank. name. Yeah, no, Frank her name's, I think, Allison. I want to say Allison. Allison, maybe. Yeah. I want to say Allison. Because she's so, kind of shielded. I'm not sure about the about the, the cousin, but. They the, don't ever say her name because she was 13. So she comes home and she doesn't want to help in with the stuff. Or, right. So she. This she would have permanently like, cured me from not listening to my parents. It's like, right hey, here. we need help in with the bag. Okay, all right. I've got my stuff. And she's in the house hoping she can hang out oh, with Cassie. Cassie. Um, you know, so here she comes bebopping in. She's going to hang out with Cassie. Hey, Cassie. Oh and she can't find her. God. She sees glass everywhere. So I don't know what got broke. I don't think that it ever says. And she turns into the living room and, and sees, sees Cassie. Cassie's lifeless body laying there bloody. Yeah. That'll teach you. Carry the stuff in from the car, right. kids. She should have literally... Okay, let's hope li- no kids are listening to this, but Either if way. you are, you're a teenager, carry the stuff in, in from the damn car. Let your parents go in first. You've been gone all weekend. All right. What the hell have you done? When police arrive, <laughs> right? When police arrive, you know, nobody knows. The last person that anybody knew that was going to be with Cassie is... Matt. Right, because the, the she had gotten permission for Matt to be there. Right. They knew she was a good girl. They let Matt come over. They didn't know about Tori and, and Brian. Right. Nobody knew that. So they go and question Matt. The and police. then yeah, and then Matt tells him, you know, look, I wasn't there alone with her. Her, you know. <laughs> of course he was afterwards, but he tells him, you know, look, hey, Brian and Tori came over, they hung out, and then you Why know Why are you questioning me? Well, right. And I mean <laughs> I have to say, as a mother, our children are 21, 20, 19, and then we've got our 11-year-old. As Matt's mom, she's got to feel like a cunt because... That's truly... That is totally our opinion. Her opinion. Yeah, that's my opinion. You know, they never interview her, or I couldn't find anything where she talks about it later. But I just have to feel, you know, as a mom... As opposed to Tori's mom, who is a dumb cunt. Right. Okay, that, that, that'll come up in a few moments when we right. talk about her book. Right. Um, but when they go and they question, you know, Matt and his mom, he says, you know, the power kept going out, you know, and then I left and came home. I don't, under, I don't, I just don't understand. Like, I, obviously nobody could have stopped or saved her. She was stabbed too many times. But I don't. I just don't understand why nobody checked on her Saturday until she was found on Sunday. I I'm still can't. I'm shook. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I know I keep saying that, and I apologize. But so when they go and they talk to Brian and and Tori separately, they're both like, "Oh man, we were bored. We thought there was going to be a party. We were like, fuck this. We're going to a movie." So the guy's like, "Well, what movie? Uh, what movie did you go see?" And, and um, of course, in everything I've seen, like a documentary, you know, where they redo it or whatever, a reenactment, they're like Slayer Four. So he's like, "Well, who's in it? And and what's it about?" And they didn't know. They didn't know. Um, in two of the things that I saw, and one thing that I read, they go and they question the people at the movies, like, you know, did you see these guys? 
And the girls, like, I go to school with them. They weren't here Friday night. So that they question, they question their alibi, and they both break down. They both pretty much have the same Ryan exact story, down. and they say, "I was there, but the other one did, did it. it." Right. Well, Brian breaks down first. Brian breaks down and he tells them, oh my God, this is what we did. I feel horrible. This is where you can go and, find the masks and the videotape. And he carries them there. Yeah, he takes, he ca- them, takes there. them to the spot Meanwhile, where they buried the note and a bunch of stuff, which we'll link to pictures of later. Right. Uh, masks, which aren't scream masks, so it kind me- of makes me angry, but whatever. Right. I'm wondering... I wonder if they just had those masks. Anyway, so, meanwhile, Tori's over here, and his mom is like... Oh, and don't forget the four knives that they bought earlier that day, or maybe the day before, from a pawn shop, which, come on, pawn shops, you're selling knives, and like a medieval-looking dagger to children. In a Mormon town. In a Mormon town. For protection against dragons and elves with bad intentions. Meanwhile, Tori's mom is over here protecting him from the police, and they don't know that Brian's already spilled his guts, literally, and they have all this stuff against him, and Tori's still telling his mom, I didn't do it. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, and this is totally my opinion, looking back on it, I believe that Tori's what my mom would call the ring leader, and Brian is an impressionable youth. I mean, he really... I believe that he he may have been there, but I think that Brian led him, or Tori led Brian more mm-hmm. astray than Brian. I mean, because really let's go back. Let's go back to the fact that Tori is the one who, in middle school, wanted to shoot up the school in the school dance, and he's the one writing the list and making right. the plans. Right, and maybe Brian's there going like. Yeah, okay, yeah, me too, me too kind of thing. I yeah. mean, you know, I don't want to seem uncool. I've got a fucking friend. Finally. I just moved to this town. Yeah. You know, I've got a friend. Yeah. We really like a lot of the same things. I mean, he's kind of more into some other things than I am. When we link the the transcripts of this, there's way more in the actual written transcripts than you're going to hear. Yeah, a lot of, of the videos, videos not available uh, anywhere. Uh, Which but still makes are, me think that they cut it. Right, but there are transcripts to a lot more video than there is video available. Right. If so that when, makes sense. So when we link it, you'll see that Brian, at some point, I believe it's the night before, tries to sound really cool. Like, we're going to be like Ted Bundy or the Hillside Strangler. No. And Tori's like, no. We're going to be more like Ed... Ed, Ed, yeah, Ed he doesn't. He doesn't even know who he's trying to be like. So I really, I have to agree on that one. I don't care what Tori's in denial mom has to say or says. Um, her son is not the innocent that she's, you know, trying to say that he is. And okay, so they were both found guilty and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Ever, if, says. If, speaking of his in-denial mom, if, if you get a chance also, and maybe we can link to this in the show notes, the documentary Lost for Life, which is about... is utterly heartbreaking. It, it is. It is. And the, we know these people killed... I mean, these children killed people, but at 15, 16 years old, your brain doesn't understand what you're doing. I like mean, it, come on. Like, Even less now than in 2006. When they're both arrested, and I don't know if it's before, I don't think it says in the article, but it's by the Idaho State Journal. I don't think it tells if it's before a trial or when it is, but they're both in the back seat and they're talking, and they say, I don't, I mean, how could three days change our lives forever? Like, I don't even think they thought it was, like, real. 
in the the Lost for Life documentary, they have both of them in it. They're not there. I think there are five youth in it. Tori doesn't really speak a lot. His mother speaks for him. He, uh, they're, they're, I'm going to play a clip from the video where his, I believe it's his father, maybe stepfather. There's a male Sean figure is his there. Father. There's a male figure there with his mom, and he says, "This must be really hard for you being innocent." It's just, it's crazy. He rolls his eyes. I'm going to play the clip. Um, but he looks away like he can't even. He's like, I guess so. I, I, let me play it. Hold on one minute. He was just a kid. I mean, at 16 years old, he was very easily influenced by his friends. Tori is much more of a follower than a leader. Yeah, who I was at that point and who I am now, it's like totally different people. But that, who Tori was at that age, at 16, he still didn't commit this crime. I mean, he's not saying that. that. He's not saying that. I'm saying I was, I made some mistakes and I learned from them. your mistakes weren't anything that you were charged with. They weren't the murder and the conspiracy. Yeah. That was Brian. It must be harder because you're innocent to be facing it. Yeah, I guess. So I'm not sure if that really conveys everything. Maybe just, we'll link to the video, but um, there's also a video of, of Brian and it's it's really sad. He's been in prison six years, and he's he's still on his first day. You know, he hasn't progressed at all. And in the end, it's going to hurt him in the end. You know, either psychologically, uh, if he has a conscience, or uh, you know, in courts. You know, the, 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 they don't want to hear that you're completely innocent. Uh, you know, he's not innocent. He's not. Uh, you know, I'm not innocent. I'm guilty, and he's guilty. And that's where we all should s- start at. The Supreme Court has ruled in Miller v. Alabama that mandatory life sentences for minors are unconstitutional. In 2017, Tory sought and was denied post-conviction relief. If you would like to read his mother's fictional, <coughs> non-fictional air quotes around that story called The Guilty Innocent, we will link that in the show notes as well. As a sad ending note to this, tonight while we were recording, we were going back and forth and I was looking for something else and just happened to notice that her class picture, which of course will be linked, and in the video, she seems to be wearing the same clothes. It's the video that we didn't play the audio from. Right. The the class like at the locker. You can see you can see the if you if you Google the video. Right. I mean you can you can see the thumbnail will be her standing at her locker. And it's 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 two seconds. Literally. It's literally two seconds. Maybe, but I just happened three. to be looking for something else and saw it, and I'm about ninety nine percent sure that her class picture that year was taken on the same day she was murdered. Or she just happened to be wearing the same outfit. Literally. Literally. Uh, Even the same hoodie. I mean, it's it's the same. Well, that's it, guys. Our first episode in the body bag, I guess. Literally. <laughs> uh, you wanted to thank some people out there, right? Yeah. I would like to thank Aaron and Stacy over at I Said Goddamn. 
for not only being pretty awesome girls, period, and putting out an awesome podcast, but for being there for me when I up and decided to do this, and then my husband went ahead and bought the shit to do it with. Yay, me. Literally. Yay, Lauren and Stacy, is that their names? Aaron. Aaron. God damn it. Oh, well, god damn. There you go. Well, there's our goddamn for the week, Aaron and Stacy. I'm sorry, Aaron. I'll make it up to you. Well, that was creepy. But that's why you love me. Exactly. All right, guys. So, here's hoping you don't ever get covered in our podcast, either as the dead body or the maker of the dead body. Make sure you go find us on all social media at That Dead Body Show. Ashes, 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 we are.